Hello and welcome to a very special episode of The Prestige. As many of you know, Sam and I meet each week and talk about a film we've watched. But this week, because it's the last one of the year, or probably the first one of the year, depending on when we get this out to you, this is our review of the year. So rather than focusing on one film, we're going to be focusing on all the films we've seen this year and talking about our top fives, our honourable mentions and some of the less than honourable mentions of uh, films we've seen this year. So, um, don't really have a structure for this, but I reckon we should go with what we did last year. So, first up, it's uh, number five, and uh, I think you should go first, Rob, with your number five for 2016. I will kick off my number five. So, my number five film, 2016, uh, was one of the few films I managed to see during my wife's pregnancy, and that is Captain America Civil War. From the Russo Brothers, it is in many ways more of an Avengers Part 3 than the Captain America film. But you have Captain America versus Iron Man as the fallout of the Sokovia Accords come into effect. And the community is split along the lines of freedom versus control versus authoritarianism versus individualism. Um, you have, through that, a cord of relationship between Captain America and Bucky and Bucky's less than salubrious past in which he did some nefarious things for the Russian government so it's the only superhero film on my list um, and probably the only real franchise on my list but in a genre that has kind of got increasingly tired over the last year or so uh, looking particularly at Avengers 2 being a bit nothing really Civil War was certainly a standout. Uh, you've got so you know, Chris Evans and uh, Robert Downey Jr. as sort of the two heads, and they're very much living in those parts now. And fleshing that out with Ant Man, with Black Panther, with Ultron, and all the all not Ultron even um, Vision, and all the different kind of um, B list and C list um, superheroes that are coming in. And I thought that in, in a incredibly tired genre, this was really a standout for me. Um, of uh, films that I enjoyed. Well, actually, I didn't enjoy it so much at the time, but listening to you talk about it, I can't want to see it again. <laughs> I don't. I, I don't know whether it's a bit of it is, is Stockholm Syndrome in that I'm like, you know what, I love superhero films. <laughs> yeah. they've been not great. And I'm just clinging desperately onto uh, onto right. a good one for this year. Well, my number five is also a superhero film, and it's also the only one on my list. Um. And, well, like you, I'm, I've been a bit tired with the, with the whole genre um, from both major comics houses now. Um, but I did enjoy uh, a film from earlier this year, Deadpool. Um, I thought Ryan Reynolds was very good, and I liked some of the meta stuff. I know people... People get reviewers get tired with sort of fourth wall breaking and sly nods to the construction of the film and the superhero genre as a whole, and I don't care because I just found it really fun. Um, I like mm. the sort of um, it's something that sticks with me is the uh, when he he makes a gag about. Um, Someone someone mentions X Men and he says, "Well, is that the um, which which timeline is that? I forget. Is is that the the Patrick Stewart or the the James McAvoy?" Um, 
And I I just thought, thought it was doing something different and it was n- not doing it amazingly but in a world in which we have oh so many superhero films and at least one, maybe two a year from Marvel and maybe two a year from DC. It was nice to see one that wasn't just run-of-the-mill. So I enjoyed that. Fair enough, fair enough. We may touch upon uh, that again in my right. honourable mentions down the line. So my number three is a film. The two, four, four. So I can't count. Need to work on that. Yeah, the reason why I didn't do maths is a film essentially from this year, but set back in 1980. Um, it is the spiritual sequel to a film I'm a big fan of, um, and that is Everybody Wants Some by Richard Linklater. It is a sequel, also the spiritual sequel to. Um, Days Confused, his uh, earlier entry. It tells a tale of a freshman baseball player who goes off to uh, college and his sort of first weekend at college investigating the Freedoms University, the process of making your own identity, um, and uh, kind of all these sort of the fraternal and uh, jock nature of, of a, a university sports team. It certainly isn't as good as Days Confused. I don't think it's got the same classic status as that one has. Um, partly because this film features on the jocks and, and the cool kids on the block rather than the freaks and geeks, shall we say, of uh, Days Confused. But you've got some very likeable performances from some of the main guys and sort of the certainly the period aesthetic is, is spot on. And it's, just, it's a good, fun film. Um, it didn't get a lot of traction when it was released and it didn't get a lot of... Uh, you got some good reviews, but you didn't get some great sort of box office numbers. Um, but I, I would certainly want to single out Justin Street um, as Jay and Blake Jenner as Jake as two of the main guys who really kind of bring a lot of charisma and charm to their characters and sort of you pull you along with it. Mm, great. That, that was one I missed, actually. I may try and catch up on that. I, but before going any further, guys, I just want to have one little sort of caveat to my, my list here is as I mentioned many times new baby I haven't seen a lot of films so there are many films who people out there will outcry that it's really that's a better film sure that's a better film I'm possibly I just mm. haven't seen them um, so I am pulling from a much smaller pool of films than other critics and maybe even right. Sam um, so just want to put that caveat before me further my number four is um, the first cheat on, on my list, it was actually a release from Cannes in 2015, but it was it was only on general release in 2016, so I'm going to go with this as a film for 2016. I have a feeling from discussions Rob and I have had that it may make an appearance either on his list or in other mentions, um, and it is the film Green Room. Good. It is on my list. Um, it's great. It was a great film, and I enjoyed. Well, stand up was Patrick Stewart, who was amazing. Um, but I do also enjoy Ali Shawkat, who was in um, Arrested Development. She was she was great as the the niece in Arrested Development. She was very good as a, a member of the band here, and Anton Yelchin was also good. Um, it was. It was just it was just nice to have something different in a film, um, and there were lots of 
unexpected things happening, not necessarily very very twisty and turny, but just just in general a, a standout a different film for twenty sixteen. So I very much enjoyed it. Brilliant. I, 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 will, I will touch on that okay. further down the list um, on mine because it, it, it is up there to be, to be talked about. Mm. My number three is a film, honestly, I only saw yesterday um, in my attempt to catch up on some of the end of the year films. Um, my wife and I actually took it to the cinema and saw a film in the cinema, wow. which is a rarity. Um, and now this film, I, I feel like I stand alone a little bit in, in my enjoyment of this film because it has had a bit of a critical mauling on its release um, and that is the film Passengers uh, directed by Morton Tildum who's a name I know I'm just quickly googling what else he's done but stars Jennifer Lawrence and Chris Pratt with some excellent support from Michael Sheen as a robotic uh, bartender um, it basically tells the story of two passengers on a intergalactic spaceship who have had to sleep for 120 years who wake up early and it's part the Martian, part Castaway, um, part rom-com. Some of the narrative elements of it are certainly a bit obvious, shall we say. Um, it very much reminds me of a uh, a film class I had at, at university in which uh, someone, we were writing a script and you had to explain what the what each character was for. And the cat each character's backstory um, and about each character you're writing. And one guy wrote, but he went, well, this person's stupid, so they're, 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 they're there, so someone explains to them what's going on. And that person's there, so they have this skill. And he'd written it very kind of like a string based way, you know, that this person does this function mm. in the script. And certain characters in this script certainly only exist for their functional nature. But I would say that Jennifer Lawrence and Chris Pratt are brilliant. Um, they both have got a lot of charisma. I like watching both of them on screen. I think it is beautiful. I think it's so well shot um, by the cinematographer. Some of the shots of space and the nebula and the suns and all of that, um, and sort of the nature of humanity versus the sort of the astral, is is breathtaking. Um, so yeah, that sort of coming at number three. Um, and it will be one to intrigue to see in a year's time, but it's still sitting number three in that list for me. But at the moment, yeah. that's that's where it sits. But I am aware okay. I'm alone. Yeah, and another one I haven't seen, <laughs> so I'm I'm not going to criticise you for that. Um, my number three is. Well, I'm just looking at the list. Actually, I've got five very different films. It is the only film of its kind in this list, um, and unsurprisingly, given the sort of films I generally like, it's the only happy film in the list. Um, but actually, there's a, a streak of sadness to it as well, so I'm going with form. And it's the film Florence Foster Jenkins, which I saw um, saw at the cinema and very much enjoyed. Um, Meryl Streep was amazing. Hugh Grant, it's actually the best thing I've seen him in for a while, um, possibly since Notting Hill, actually. Um and Simon Helberg was great after you got over the fact that he was putting on a ridiculous accent. Um, so it was just it was it was a really good feel good film. Although, as I said, there's a streak of sadness running running through it about Frances Foster Jenkins. If you know about her life, it, the 
the life of the, the performer Florence Foster Jenkins is one that was tinged with sadness. But it it's it's it, it's a film that plays with your emotions to some extent. Um, but it's also a film that is is very funny and very heartwarming and charming, and I really enjoyed it. It was a it was a cracking evening out at the cinema. I must say that is one that I haven't seen, and to be honest, from the trailer, I thought it looked terrible. Um, but I will I will reassess it and give it a go out it, based on your recommendation. Well, you may still think it's terrible. It's just it's just a bit of fun. Um, and That's I think 2016 is is dialy in need of just a bit of fun. <laughs> that, that that I will give you. That that I, I will give you. Yes. Um, talking of a bit of fun, that leads me nicely into um, my second pick of of the year. So my number two film is uh, from Shane Black, uh, infamous director and writer, and that is the film The Nice Guys. Starring Russell Crowe and Ryan Gosling, it is the tale of a PI, a, an enforcer, a heavy for hire, um, and sort of the Hollywood crime they get caught up in. It's set in the 70s. It um, is very funny. It's almost annoying how good Ryan Gosling is at slapstick. Because someone who is that good looking and that good an actor and that good a singer shouldn't be this funny as well. Um, it's just depressing for everyone involved. Uh, but he was he was very, very good. And Russell Crowe, who I often think kind of peaked with data and hasn't really kind of risen to those heights since, is great as the slightly over the hill, slightly cynical, but more worldly person than Ryan Gosling I think that uh, I can't pronounce her name but Anjulie Rice who plays Ryan Gosling's son Holly um, plays a daughter even she is a revelation, she is funny, she steals every scene that she's in the every other support is brilliant, it's so very funny um, and it's so full of heart and I, I just, I, I could watch it every day right. well it it's kind. So, it's kind of yeah. like we planned this because that leads on quite nicely into my number two film, which is also about crime and about relationships, and it's a very different film. I mean, the the resemblance stops there. Um, it was a beautiful film. Um, it, this and my number one were in, incredible pieces of art to look at. Um, and I thought the relationships between the brothers at the centre of it, but also what one of the brothers was doing for his sons was particularly important, and also the relationship between the two cops involved, and Jeff Bridges and his sidekick, and it's the film Hell or High Water, which I really enjoyed, um, and so... Said so Jeff Bridges was was brilliant. Um, I also thought Chris Pine was very good, and it, he's not always, um, or maybe he's not always given the parts that allow him to be great. Um, he's mm. just sort of it, the the conventional clean cut, good looking, incredibly good looking Hollywood heartthrob. And it was it was it was good to see him being given a film where he could actually be 
troubled and be an interesting character, be a three-dimensional character. So I really enjoy it. It is on my to-watch list, but I must say I, have, I haven't got to it just yet. Um, but it, it it does it does look really good. And I, I see. It was like, it, 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 I always enjoy when you take someone like Chris Pine, who is well known for being Captain Kirk and being a clean cut, good looking actor, and they step up and do something very interesting like that film. Um, so I, I can't speak to it. Of course, I haven't seen it yet myself, but it's very much on my list to get to. And so we go to your number one. Well, those who've listening earlier, keen listeners who aren't in it will have no surprise my number one. My number one film is what Sam mentioned earlier, the film from Jeremy Saulnier, Green Room. I am a big horror movie fan. I always have been. And this was outstanding. Certain bits of this film to this day haunt me. If anyone knows anything, they'll know about uh, the dogs. Dogs haunt me. Um, and uh, the arm, shall oh, I say. These things God. haunt me. Um, it was intense. It was primal in some of the fears. Um, I think that Anton Yelchin and Hampton Poots as the, sort of the two main um, characters were very, very good. I would disagree with you on one point. I thought that the bad guys were at times weak. Oh, no. no, no. I'm saying no, I, so, I, I, sorry, I, I, just Patrick Stewart of them. I thought he was, he was the standout. Fair enough. Even... even, even uh, I, I would I would even say that he was yeah, one of the weaker right. points of the film myself. Um, I, I I enjoyed the the bad guys, um, the, the the neo Nazis as a unit. I thought as a unit they were terrifying, but once you get down to individual characters, they were kind of, they weren't as impressive or memorable. You know, Patrick Stewart wasn't as memorable a bad guy as I'd want him to be in this kind of film. Um, but yeah, it is it's so well done. It's in, it's in one location essentially, and it's just it's just tense from start to end um, and it's just it's brutal of a film and I can't oh, recommend the, it enough the arm and the gun so, yeah. and the door oh the door man yeah yeah <laughs> it, it's the dogs that want me the dogs right anyway that's my number one film of the year Green Room I, I loved it but unlike Nice Guys I couldn't watch it every day it's not like a, a fun film to tell your friends and watch but it is top notch horror right. filmmaking well, my number one is also a film I wouldn't recommend repeat viewing of. Uh, it's harrowing and uh, blood-curdling at times, traumatic at times, but it's a beautiful, like Hello High Water, it's a beautiful piece of work. And my number one film of this year is my second sheet on this list, because it was technically released in 2015. Um, but it came out general release in the first week of 2016, so I'll allow it. Um, and it's the film for which Leonardo DiCaprio finally got an Oscar, it's The Revenant. And it's it, it's it's a brutal film and it's it's a generally harrowing, horrible experience, but it's just a sensational bit of art. I would really recommend it. And it's I once right, again I'm okay. still to see it. Well, you only need to see it once. Uh, <laughs> but it's directed by one of my favourite directors, Inyaratu. Um and the cinematography is amazing, um the acting's amazing. It, Tom Hardy and well I'd, I'd say actually Tom Hardy rivals 
Um, you know, DiCaprio is the the standout figure in it. But then you also have Dom Gleeson. Um, you have an excellent performance from the younger actor Will Poulter, who is great. He's been in other things. What else has Will Poulter been in? Oh, Son of Rambo. He was in. Great film. Uh, great film. Um, and what also the Maze Runner. We we won't we won't hold that against him. Um, <laughs> hey, I I, I will right, stand okay. by this. Good film. Maze. I mean, the, Di- Divergent not great. End of uh, Hunger Games not great. But to this day, the, the, the two right, Maze Runner okay. films are both very good. Well, a- anyway, back to Will Potter and the <laughs> the the general <laughs> um, acting talent in The Revenant was amazing. The way it was shot was brilliant, directed, outstanding, and it, I mean, I saw it in the first couple of weeks of 2016, and it went straight into my top five then, so I would thoroughly recommend it. Excellent, excellent. So, I've got a couple of honourable mentions mm-hmm. to throw into the mix. Um, I would throw in Deadpool, as you mentioned earlier, as uh, one that I think was... Um, very good. It didn't quite reach my um, top five, but I think it's certainly in there. I would add uh, the Childhood of a Leader in there, which is a period piece telling the the, uh, the childhood of a dictator of a uh, European country. It is slow and thoughtful and at times quite obtuse, but a very good bit of cinema. Um, I think that's probably it for my... my uh, other ones I'd recommend. Um, oh, the other one I'd throw in there would be Harry Potter's Fantastic Beasts mm. and Where to Find Them. Um, I'm not sure if about this previously on the podcast, but if it probably would have made the top five if it wasn't for the inclusion of Johnny Depp. <laughs> I felt he was a terrible, terrible choice for that role and certainly knocked it out of the top five for me. Well, my anything I had from the recommendations was... Um, well, I, I had Fantastic Beasts as well. They tend to be big budget enjoyable films um, rather than I think lots of the films in my top five were 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 more cerebral than that um, mm-hmm. I would give an honourable mention to Fantastic Beasts as I said also to Doctor Strange um, which I know I've sort of come down hard on comic book films and talking about Deadpool but actually Doctor Strange was Quite enjoyable. Benedict Cumberbatch's accent was at times grating, um, but it was it was just a, a enjoyable film. And uh, one I saw quite recently is the latest Star Wars Rogue One, which was fun and was something different. Um, we talked we talked about before how Episode Seven was a, a a very good rerun, but basically a rerun of episode four in terms of the narrative. And Rogue One was completely different, and that was quite enjoyable. Excellent. I must say, that's one I haven't been to see yet. I'm hoping to get Nat to do that in the next week or so, but I haven't seen it yet, so I couldn't add that one to my list, though it is appearing on Hugo's list. Right. I would also just uh, really lose my notes here. One other thing I want to quickly mention, which got zero traction anywhere, is Hologram for a King. Mm. I mentioned it previously on one of my watching this week's uh, Tom Hanks. It's not top five, probably not top ten material, but it's an interesting film, and it's Tom Hanks being Tom Hanks. So, if you are looking for something more off the beaten path to watch, 
that's one to check out. I feel we should talk a little bit about terrible films in 2016. If you, if there are two that I want to single out, it's just go on then. Making me angry how bad they were, <laughs> um, and they both sit within the same canon, and they sit within the same universe. And those are Batman vs Superman, Dawn of Justice, and Suicide Squad. Okay, so I've I've got nothing to talk about because that's all I've been saying. <laughs> I would say Suicide Squad's certainly better than Batman vs Superman. Suicide Squad's just a bit messy, um, and it felt very much like it'd been dictated, directed by committee. Mm. There were clear commercial choices being made, which is a shame because I thought Will Smith was good. I thought Mario Robert was good. Um, I thought there was an interesting something going on there, even if we are once again dealing with shooting infant, no, fatal people doing nothing and that makes sense. Um, that was just dis- a disappointment. I would say the Batman vs Superman is aggressively bad. Um, it's just stupid. Yeah, I, um, and nothing makes sense. I, it's badly written, badly written. I, I think the Suicide Squad. There is a really good film in there, and some something terrible to do with committees and lots of producers and money-making execs getting involved and too many rewrites and too much editing and things just got out of hand and we end up with a mess. But actually there is a really good film in there and you can see that in mm-hmm. Margot Robbie and in Will Smith. Batman vs Superman, I'm not sure there's a, a good film anywhere near that. It was awful. It was so bad. It was the one film that we managed to go see before uh, my wife's pregnancy kind of took over our lives. And it was just, it was just like we left it angry at how stupid it was. Yeah. It was just, it was just bad. Nothing made sense and plot points just made no sense whatsoever. And it was just like, I like Batman. (laughs) Like, this is like, I like Batman, okay? Despite my not liking Nolan's films, I enjoy Batman. And my wife is a massive Superman fan. She's a huge Superman fan. And we both went into that wanting to like it. Mm. You know, quite uh, at the, the start of the Justice League, Batman vs Superman, that is a film that's right in my wheelhouse. It's right in the sort of things I'm going to like. Mm. And it was just so disappointing. Yeah. Just so disappointing. Yeah. Some some yeah. better news. I I saw some good films this year that came out last year. Um, one of them on your recommendation actually. I saw Man Up and really enjoyed it. Um, good. That was. Oh yeah, I kind of wish I'd seen it last year because then it would have been the top five then. Um, but it was mm-hmm. it was a really good film. Um, and Simon Pegg was great, and the. His his co-star, whose name escapes me, was brilliant. Lake Bell, is that it? Lake yes, Bell. Yep. yeah, she was great. Um, I also saw Lady in the Van, which came out last year, which was it wouldn't have been a top five, but might have been a top ten. It was an enjoyable film. It, it did mm-hmm. some interesting things with the way it was directed, the way it was shot. And um, Sicario, I enjoyed as well, which came out last year. That was a really good film. Fair enough. Fair enough. Was there anything else um, you I, saw? I'm trying to think about the things that I've seen this year that uh, that have really uh, sort of 
Blow me out. Hey, I, I mean, I have in the last month done a bit of a binge on Christmas films. Mm. So, and they were past Christmas, and I'll talk about a few of those. Um, so, I finally saw White Christmas, which it was a, a renovation and just wonderful. It was a wonderful mm. film. I finally saw Holiday Inn mm. from 1942. Don't see it, really racist. <laughs> right. Halfway through, very long blackface scene. Sitting there with my colleague at work going, oh, well, oh, all right. Okay. Wasn't quite what we thought we were getting. <laughs> so I, I would avoid that one myself. Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, yeah, I think that's probably it that I, that's leaping to mind. Uh, you know, with uh, the baby, as I say, I haven't seen too many films this year. Um, but yeah, I think that's it. So, guys, if you think we are wrong, if there's any films that you think we've missed this year that we haven't seen, um, please let me know. Me particularly, because there are many films I have missed this year. Get in touch with us. You can find us on Twitter at Pretty Podcast. You find just me at Life underscore Academic, and you find me at Rob Kaiji. And we should prepare people for what's going to happen next year. So, what is our franchise? So we our franchise, which is going to take up the next eight weeks of this show, the next next two months of the show. Um, for my utter joy and maybe Sam's. Opposite of that, um, we are going to be watching My education. Education, yes. We are going to be diving in to the Harry Potter franchise, and we're going to watch all eight films, one a week for the next two months. Um, there will be highs, there will be lows, there will be magic, um, and there will be lots of uh, me defending things to Sam, I'm sure. Uh, but uh, so, check back in next week, guys, and we will kick off with uh, Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. Prestige is a Kaiju Industries production. Check out their other work at facebook.com forward slash Kaiju Industries. Rawr. Arr.